we're trying to create people who are a force to be reckoned with, who don't, who don't just know what they believe, but they know why they believe it. And they can defend it articulately, passionately, and without backing down. Not being a jerk, but certainly um, not letting down. Their, their truth and their core political belief is their religion. And they are so adamant and passionate and emotional about it because that is their God with a little G. God really pressed on his heart. You need to go back to the girl that you had that abortion with and you need to apologize to her. And you need to apologize to her face to face. Uh, fetus phobic is someone who is afraid of the natural consequences of heterosexual sex and is terrified of, of, of a pre-born child of a little baby. And I like to say that Roe v. Wade is the story or the court case everyone has heard of, but nobody knows anything about. Governor Walker, thanks for being here. Very great to be with you. I should say it's a pleasure for me to be here. I think Rush is doing that too. And he is he's basically saying, look, I may be dying, but I'm not dead. Dr. Alveda King to Feed Ace podcast. Dr. King, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Jerry, and hello, everyone. But they have an objective. The objective is more tax money, more control, and a promotion of a political ideology. It's a pro-socialist, secular worldview. Okay, hello, and welcome to another edition of Feed Ace podcast. My name is Jerry Serino, and I am your host, and I'm here with talent on loan from Rush. Hey, uh, in this day and age with the, with all the big government and the intrusion uh, on our freedoms and liberties, uh, whenever I come across a group that talks about the Constitution, adherence to the Constitution, uh, free, personal freedom, liberty, uh, small government, uh, that type of group and organization and people in general uh, really get me excited because that is uh, the fight that we're in is against the opposite, the big government those that are taking away our liberties. Uh, my guest today is John Schrock. John is a field coordinator for the John Birch Society. Uh, John, thanks for joining me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me today. Oh, my pleasure. I, I actually uh, didn't, to, to be perfectly frank with you, I didn't really know much about the John Birch Society. You know, it, I, the name was familiar, but I didn't know a whole lot. Uh, and I did some some research um, and, uh, and loved what I saw, love what I saw. Uh, so maybe a good way to start is, you know, tell us about the John Birch Society and what your values are and what, what you champion. Oh, absolutely. I, I'll go from the aspect, um, when I was, uh, getting recruited to the John Birch Society, I was born and raised in West Central Indiana, um, just about an hour West of Indianapolis and raised in a family of five boys. I was the uh, middle child, old enough to know better, still too young to care um, kind of uh, thing. But we were raised with conservative values. We were raised with the mindset of, uh, of less government, as you were talking about. We were talk taught about uh, individual responsibility. And we went to church. We were kind of raised in church, you know, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Every time the church doors were open, the Schrock family was in church. Uh, one time we tried to play, you know, that we were sick, you know, my mom's like, you know, well, throw up and prove it. And, you know, we're trying to, you know, get it to happen and nothing was happening. She's like, all right, we're going to church. One Sunday, finally, we were able to uh, actually uh, throw up a little bit. She's like, now, don't you feel better? Let's go to church. Um, that was the kind of uh, parents that I was raised with. And when I was getting recruited out in the uh, state of Washington, I just moved out here 
to the Tennessee um, area, east side of Tennessee, cover uh, Kentucky and Tennessee for John Birch Society. Um, I was out in the state of Washington and the coordinator out there, and I was chatting with him and he was talking to me about what John Birch uh, stood for. And I was telling him, you know, I want to know, hang on, don't give me your pitch. I, I wanted to kind of catch him off guard, if you will. You know, will you get us out of the UN, get the UN out of the United States? What about what about stopping the CONCON? What about not having a constitutional convention and just following the Constitution as it's written? Big smile came across his face. He goes, you're going to like this a lot. And so um, I guess you would call I was an easy sell if you were in uh, sales. That was an easy sell I uh, walked right into. I wish I had known about the John Birch Society many, many years ago. I wish my parents had known about it. Um, I was chatting with them and they're like, my, my, what a resource it is. It was founded back in 1958 uh, by Robert Welch. You may remember the sugar daddy candy. Maybe you got a few cavities off mm -hmm. the old sugar daddy candy. Yeah. And uh, he took his business acumen and he saw that there was a encroachment of globalism, encroachment of the Marxist um, thought process, even back in the 50s. This isn't something new that we've been fighting against. And he formed the Birch Society in Indianapolis, Indiana in December of 1958. It only took us three short years in order to get onto the radar of the uh, mothership of the Communist Party. And they were started a smear campaign against us. And they started attacking us. The attacks aren't any different than you've, you've seen today. Fake news has been around um, since the uh, inception of man. Mm, it has. Uh, so it's a, it's a wonderful group to be able to push back. We really go to the heart of the matter. We like, uh, we just uh, started up a chapter today um, in the uh, Frankfurt area. And it was just really wonderful to be able to uh, get to give them action items. Let's not just talk about it. You know, I understand that you get that moment where we're able to be around fellow people that think like us. That's very um, therapeutic uh, for us. But at the end of the um, chapter meeting, what we have to do is what's next? And we need to have a plan. This is a coordinated attack against our United States. It's coordinated against freedom-loving people. It's a coordinated against patriot-minded people. And what they are doing um, is trying to uh, have us become disconcerted. They're trying to have us to become confused. Well, the Birch Society has helped me remain on focus and get to the heart of the matter and actually kill the Marxist tree at the root. Yeah. So, you know, there, there's this big argument that goes on in, in our society. You know, we, you, you have those of us on the right called fascists, right? Right. You see, you know, Trump's a fascist and Trump's a Nazi and all these kinds of things. And you have all these different words, communist, socialist, Nazi, fascist, you know, and we can go on and on. In reality, all of them are essentially the same in that they want government to be big, powerful, and to run our lives, you know, so whether you call it socialist or fascist, which, you know, they are the same thing, essentially. Um, the whole idea is between power at the top by those in government, and as opposed to power and control and freedom, which is really what it is, 
by the people at the lower level. Explain why to those that might say, hey, I love big government. Why a small government personal freedom is best? I go, I'll explain it first from maybe from a more practical standpoint. Where did we get um, such things? Maybe we don't even like it right now. We talk about the censorship from it. Um, Facebook. Facebook wasn't hatched because of a government. Facebook was hatched because a genius, you know, I, I mean literally, but uh, figuratively, sat in his basement or his garage and said, I can do something. Then he created this. And another genius said, you know what? I can do this a little bit better. And he created, it was the free market. When government gets involved, the free market goes away. And then it becomes government cheese. If you've ever tasted this stuff, this stuff is terrible. Well, if the cheese tastes terrible, the government can't even do that correctly. What about when they're trying to run our lives? They're trying to tell us right now we're facing um, one of our new action plans with the John Birch Society um, is save our children. We right now have a terrible problem that's going on in our public schools. The numbers are astounding of how many of these graduates, 12th grade, they're going into the 12th grade and they don't know English. They don't know arithmetic. But boy, they know that they're, that they're racist because they were born right, or so the, the, the statement goes um, in the critical race theory. When government gets involved, you ask, what, what do I say to people that are big government oriented? That you've got to pay the piper at some point. And when the government gets bloated, you've got to pay it. And they do it through tyranny. We've seen it through history. We've seen it in Germany. We've seen it in China. We've seen it in all these others. There's never been a successful uh, country that has gone Marxist or communist that has become successful. Go few, just a few short miles away from Miami to a communist country. I believe it's 90 miles. I may be incorrect on my mm -hmm. mile. Yep. I'm telling you, we send missionaries over there with shoes. I remember as a young man, the Powell family would beg for shoes to take to Cuba because the kids would just need shoes. I'm like, these ratty things, I've worn them for, for years. And they're like, they're better than what they have because they have nothing. Their government is oppressive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's so true. It's, it's the difference between a handful of people in government deciding what the society or economy should do versus all of the people in the economy deciding what's in their best interest. And that's how we create efficiency. Uh, something, unfortunately, speaking of education, uh, kids are not taught, right? They're not taught that type of stuff. Uh, they're not taught all sorts of things. So, uh, so you, you talked about the Save Our Children sort of campaign, and, and I wanted to go through with you, at least uh, depending on how, how much we can get through, um, go through some of these these key issues that the John Birch Society uh, focuses on. So uh, you, you talked about Save Our Children, uh, just looking through a couple of these. So something I think it's very pertinent right now is restore election integrity. So talk about that. Absolutely. I'm telling you, if we don't have a safe and secure election, we're not going to have a, a, a free country. If they can control that, that's something that we need to look back. We need to gather together. Um, as individuals, we need to gather together as the people. I find it interesting marching across the United States, um, the power that is given to the people 
And I think it's very, it, we have a lot of different thought processes that are out there. And what I find that is a very a big equalizer amongst all of these thought processes is the utilization of people. If people become educated, I, I look at it this way, it's education, empowerment, and then engagement. If people become educated, then they will, um, if they become educated, it's like with my kids, I've got nine kids. And so when they, when we were telling them about um, two plus two, we have the flashcard, pop it up in front of them. Two plus two equals four. And they become, it's like a rote memory. They're, they're not really educated at that point. They then have to internalize it. At when it becomes two plus two, when they can actually imagine in their minds that two apples and two apples equals four apples, then they are empowered to go forward and engage that in everyday life. So when someone were to come and tell them, you know, we have 800 voting people inside of our precinct, but it was amazing because, you know, it's 2020, 1200 people voted. An educated person would go two plus two, <laughs> something's off, something's a little smelly. So getting the uh, election integrity we actually have a restore election integrity. It's going to be in Erlanger, um, Kentucky on July the 7th. Um, we're going to be at the library in Erlanger talking about election integrity. What happened? What can we do about it? Where do we go from here and give a solution for that? I think it'll be very eye-opening for anyone that would attend. Um, you can go to restore.vote and get tickets there in order to be able to come and get educated We'll be utilizing all the JBS material. It's powerful material, powerful information in order to educate, empower, and then get the people engaged. Yeah, fan, yeah, we we the election integrity is so important because if we don't have it, then then debating the issues and discussing the issues and holding politicians accountable is ir irrelevant um, at that point. So um, that is so important, which in which we uh, definitely saw issues in this past election. Um, I want to talk about um, a couple of other things that are that are really big. And one that I was interested in just because I didn't, I didn't have a chance to really dig into it. Uh, I wish I did, but since I have you, uh, I'd love to talk to you about the get us out of the USMCA. And that, that caught my attention because obviously the USMCA uh, replaced NAFTA. Um, and I thought that that was a positive thing, but I'm curious as to know what, um, you know, what, what are the specifics of the specifics about the USMCA? USMCA is an accord that was entered into in the Trump administration. And I'm not an official spokesman from the uh, John Birch Society. So the, with the, with USMCA, at, I see that we entered into a compact that enlarged government. Instead of being something that shrank government, less government, our mission is less government, more individual responsibility with God's help, a better world. It didn't meet up to that. It was it was probably you could say is a better than uh, type of situation. So your term better, I would probably agree with you on that. However, it didn't get to the point that the government wasn't out of our lives. We believe in a government. We believe in a limited government. As Ben Franklin said, we gave you a republic. The, the person approached him. What have you done, sir? We gave you a republic if you save it. 
the bigger a government is, the less of a republic we have. As goes back to the education thing, they're training the children to be say that their children, uh, they're citizens of the universe, they're citizens of the world. No, my friend, you're a citizen of the United States. I love America, and I hope you do too. No, very interesting. That, that's really great. Uh, and then, of course, a, it kind of a little bit goes hand in hand. And I, this one I easily uh, is get out, get U.S. out of the United Nations. Uh, you know, especially the big government people, they love the United Nations. You know, to explain that and tell tell us why the United Nations is is not in our interest and why we need to get out. That was something adopted way early. Uh, Robert Welch got adopted way at the very beginning. I'm trying to remember the year off the top of my head. I want to say it was 1961. If I'm incorrect, I'm sure that somebody will help me out with that and uh, help correct me with that. But you'll probably remember, I don't know what the demographic of your uh, show is, but uh, if you have older uh, members of the audience, they'll probably remember the big signs up in the, in the big cities, get us out of the UN, sponsored by the John Birch Society. Um, it was, the UN is, if you look at their agenda, they have adopted some, some radical ideas. And what's really scary is those what used to be considered radical fringe ideas has become more mainstream. Trauma-induced um, uh, care. That's something you need to put on your radar. It's coming out of the state of Kentucky, University of Kentucky. Um, Trauma-induced care. Um, looking at uh, what is going on. It's straight out of the UN playbook. Um, the World Health Organization, uh, that was a wonderful thing that we got out of the World Health Organization. It's run by the UN. What a lot of the stuff, the problems that we saw along the way with uh, during 2020, during the pandemic, um, was from the World Health Organization. False information, false facts, false figures, false ideas of how to cure, if you will, this problem. Um, the UN is not a good idea for us. It takes away national sovereignty. And again, I go back to my saying, I love America and I hope you love America too. I don't mean you specifically, you as in yep. um, the audience. And if you do, you'll want us out of the UN. Yeah. And I mean, especially when, when we're not holding the United Nations accountable. I mean, they're very known to be very anti-Semitic. Uh, I believe uh, wasn't uh, Iran just put on the the human rights committee or something like that. Maybe it wasn't Iran, but it was Iran or China or somebody like that. It, it becomes a huge joke. And uh, you know, why, why should our money and why should we be influenced by, by an organization like that? So it's like having the domestic abuser being in charge of the domestic violence shelter. Exactly. I mean, why are we putting those type of people? They have such input um, into what we do. We would people would think that it was the crazies running the crazy house. Well, my friends, that's what we have going on up in New York in the United Nations. And we put these people that that, that China's even given a table on the UN Security Council. They have a voice in this. When we know the atrocities that are happening, we know the atrocity, we, we, they talk human rights, but they talk out of this side of their mouth, but they're actually talking out of this side of their mouth as well. As the old saying goes, they are speaking with a forked tongue. They're, they're, they're double speaking. And it's a problem that we need to face. And when you go to the root of that matter, then all of a sudden comes the fake news, the smear campaign, 
And we know where the, all that goes as well. Yeah, absolutely. No, really great points. Um, you know, I, I want to ask it. I wasn't sure about this either in, in, uh, on your, uh, uh, on the website, it's, it says article six, not five. Explain that to me. So with the stop the con con, the, uh, there's many that would say is let's open up the constitution right now. Let's get a convention of the states. Let's get a constitutional convention. What I, what I found is that uh, there's actually a beautiful thing called the people that can be able to stand up and nullify that which has been um, given to us. Article, oh, excuse me, um, Amendment uh, 9 and Amendment 10, um, that which is not enumerated. Um, I'm not going to do a good job quoting. I apologize. My memory skills aren't what they uh, should be. But Article 9 and, uh, excuse me, Amendment 9 and Amendment 10, the Ninth and Tenth Amendment, put the rights back into the states and put the rights back into the people. If it's not talked about, if it's not taken away um, in the constitution, if it's not talked about in the constitution, it's not the federal government's responsibility. Opening up the uh, constitutional convention would be a travesty. Right now, who, who would be running the constitutional convention? Those, speaking back to election integrity, if they can flip an election, do you think they could not flip the election and have the wrong delegates um, there? Do you want them who are out of control already running that which is going to fix the problem? Back to my illustration. Do you want the domestic abuser being the manager of the domestic violence shelter? It's a problem that we have. I believe the solution is in the nullification. We need to have state legislatures that have a backbone, that have calcium in the spinal column, and that calcium that comes in the spinal column comes from the people. If we want something to happen, we had a triple X uh, sex ed bill out in the state of Washington uh, last year, Senate Bill 5395. What a travesty. It was put together by Planned Parenthood of Washington. It was like a great business model. Teach the young kids about sex, bring about the uh, uh, barriers, the natural inhib inhibitions that are naturally God-given there. Tear them down at a young age. Watch how they start, in, start engaging in sexual activity at a young age. A child will be conceived. Then it's a young child. Then make that abortion is all of a sudden a um, uh, uh, normalized. It's okay. Instead of calling it what it is, murder, it's killing a child. It's ripping a baby out of it should be the most safe area in, in the world, should be a mother's womb. But we go in and we take tongs and we rip body parts out. We deliver all but the head and go and stick a needle in the back of the baby's head. It's a, it is, we, but how do we get that bill stopped? In Washington, we said, hey, people, you need to get engaged. We called upon pastors. We called upon parishioners to go and to, to stand up and call and give a backbone to it. In order to solve the problem, the train wreck that we're seeing on a state level and on the national level, and now we're even seeing it in the local level. Folks, if, if, you, have, if, you, if, if you have a pulse and, and you breathe, you can fog a mirror. I was in an old EMD, and uh, they would say is you take a mirror and hold it over a, a, a person's uh, face, and if they can fog a mirror, they're still alive. If you can fog a mirror, you can run for your city council. You say, I'm not prepared. I'm not, I'm not smart enough. I don't know what's going on. My friends, it, it, you can do it. We can, we, can get, we can empower you with information. 
read your constitution. The constitution is the solution. It would blow your mind. Your mind would be blown to know the number of uh, elected officials who have never cracked open the constitution. Where do we do it? The people are the solution. Not don't don't rewrite the constitution. Let's just follow it. Yep. Yeah. There. Well, there's. <laughs> I don't think anyone should be worried about being smart enough and whatnot to to get into politics because I'm not sure how smart most politicians are to begin with. To be honest with you, especially the Ivy Leaguers. To be perfectly frank with you, but um, no, I agree. Your your point is is get involved. You know, and even if it's not. Um, by running for office or school board, if it's by supporting the good candidates that are out there and staying informed of the issues, because that's that's another part is is people are so uninformed. It's not even funny. Um, so either the last or maybe the last, we'll see how, how long this section goes. I would love to know your take on all that has transpired. Well, I don't think I need to know because I kn- probably know it already, but your take on all the things that have gone on with COVID-19. Uh, obviously, a lot of um, trampling on people's individual rights. That's uh, it, an example of big government. Someone in government says something, we just simply should do it. And that's well, absurd from to a me. couple aspects, maybe take the old JBS hat off per se. Um, I pastored a church in North Carolina, I pastored a church in Washington State. Um, you, my, my take on it, um, I'm saddened by the number of pastors that didn't stand up. Uh, it, it breaks my heart. They say, oh, Pastor John, uh, um, uh, why would we want to stand up or why should we stand up or why are we supposed to stand up? Um, I find it very interesting is that the guy that baptized Jesus was John the Baptist, you know, and then he baptized him. The Bible says, then the dove came. This is my beloved son whom, whom I am well pleased. You remember it was John the Baptist that baptized Jesus that then lost his head because he, spot, he talked about moral issues. Where's the pastors? Where's the leaders of what they call a flock? Where, 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 are, where are those pastors? That concerned me. Why that concerned me is because pastors should have some input into the politicians' lives. But that goes back to education because we have believed the bogus baloney from um, separation of church and state and that, that, that legend that is out there. The church is supposed to be involved in what's happening at the state. The state's not supposed to be involved with the church. And all of a sudden we had that great break apart and the church does its thing and still controlled by the state. And then there's no reciprocity of the church being able to say anything. I had a person tell me um, that I shouldn't speak out against uh, abortion. I shouldn't uh, have anything to say about abortion. And I was like, it says that your children are in a heritage of the Lord. Well, you shouldn't talk about marriage. You can't talk about a marriage. Well, the Bible is what instituted marriage. What when man and woman are joined together, let no man put asunder. It's marriage. God finds this. Now, I think the pastors need to stay out of some areas. If they want to go and paint a, a, a yellow lines down Interstate 75, knock yourself out. I don't care. If they want to paint it purple, if they want to paint it, uh, you know, Ohio State Buckeye color or University of Illinois color, that's up to them. The book doesn't have anything to say about it, but I'd like a pastor to just say something 
about what the book has to say. That may solve a lot of our problems. Then our politicians will be educated, our people will be educated, and then we'll have some solutions to the problem. With God's help, we'll have a better world. Yeah, no, I, I love how you take it to, uh, to that aspect of uh, uh, too many churches, too many pastors uh, just just sort of got in line. And uh, I, I was frustrated as well in, in not standing up, especially when we saw the hypocrisy of uh, can't go to church, right? But the but Walmart is full, which is good. I was glad that it was, or you can't go to church and stuff. <laughs> yeah, you need your groceries. You know, you can't go to church, but if you're protesting, uh, you can do that. And, and, you know, that showed the hypocrisy. And I think more people should have s- stood up uh, not only for religious freedom, but also individual freedom too. I, I completely agree with you. So, um, well, well, John, this is, this has been really, really great. And, and I've learned a lot um, about the John Birch society uh, from you, and there's a lot more to learn. Uh, so for those that are, that are interested in, in fellow limited government folks like us, uh, tell us where, uh, where they can find uh, your organization. And uh, if you have any upcoming events, I think you mentioned one or two, um, you know, please use this time to uh, uh, talk about it. A couple of websites that I would encourage everybody to go to would be the jbs.org website. Um, a plethora of information. I'll highlight just a couple in just a couple of minutes um, that we have. Um, one is our action plan. It's over on the left-hand side of the screen, um, our action plan, but then also click on the shows. We have a, excuse me, we have a number of wonderful shows that you would uh, enjoy watching. Um, some of them are 15 minute range. Some of them are seven minute range. Constitution Corner with Robert Owens, Anarchy USA with Christian Gomez, just to uh, share a couple of those. Um, yeah, there you got popped up on the screen underneath shows there. One, a bunch of wonderful things um, that you can see there. Act Now, you can reach out to your um, legislators from all over the United States, punch in your um, information, sign up for those action alerts. The other one that I'd like you to go to is thenewamerican.com, T-H-E-N-E-W-A-M-E-R-I-C-A-N, thenewamerican.com. It's our uh, uh, periodical um, owned by the uh, John Birch Society um, and gives us um, uh, up-to-date news, factual news um, that you can trust in. Um, and then if you'd like to join the John Birch Society back on the join, uh, the join tab on jbs.org, um, you can join the John Birch Society there. Um, as far as events that we have coming up, we have the Restore Election Integrity Tour at restore.vote, R-E-S-T-O-R-E dot V-O-T-E. We have one um, not too far from uh, where um, you're at um, in Erlanger near Florence, Kentucky. That's on July the 7th at the library in Erlanger. Then we have another one coming up on July, I believe it's uh, the 17th, it's the Saturday in July. Um, 19th is also ringing in my mind. I can't remember the date right off the top of my head in uh, Teleco Village and also Crossville, Tennessee. Um, talking about election integrity, we're going to have some more events. Um, we're having Trevor Loudon come to Kentucky. Um, we're going to have more events for those liberty minded people. Great. Fantastic. So I, I, I would ask and encourage every, every one of my listeners to go check them out. Uh, and and see what you can learn and, and see if uh, if you want to get involved. I think it would be a great idea. Uh, John Schrock, uh, thanks so much for being here. This was really great, and it was a real pleasure to meet you and your, uh, learn more about your organization. Thank you so much. 
Oh, it's my pleasure. And thank all of you for joining uh, this episode of Feed Ace Podcast with John Schrock from uh, the John Birch Society. Uh, please catch all my episodes on all the different podcast apps and also on YouTube. Uh, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.